in our weakest hour, our darkest moments, Lord, we have an anchor. God, we have an absolute, Lord. We're not aimlessly wandering around, Father, with no hope. But God, we're, we're your children tonight. And God, and you admitted us to come before your throne boldly, Lord, not with fear and trepidation. But God, as your children, we can approach you knowing that your word would tell us that you would withhold no good things to them that walk uprightly. Father, you know the needs tonight. God, and you see our sister Jenny and the different ones who are suffering in their body. But I believe, Lord, you prepared this moment. I believe, Lord, you orchestrated this night, this service. God, that you can do the miraculous. You're the same God. God, you're not just a God of history, but Lord, we're calling you up tonight. God, to be our God, be our, our hope, our stay tonight. Lord, be the rock in a weary land. God, be a help. Lord God, when we're wandering through this, this world, God, just be everything to us tonight. We have need of you now, Father. Sister Jenny has need of you tonight. Brother Boyce has need of you tonight. Brother Ron, Sister Erica, Sister Carol Jackson, Brother Joel. Brother Gustav, Lord, many others, there's needs, there's needs right here in this local body. But we believe, Lord, according to your word, that you're the need supplying God. And so we invite you tonight in this service. Lord, I invite you into every heart, every situation. Lord, it may be humanly impossible, but God, there's no impossibilities with you. You're the God that does impossible math. And we're asking, Father, that you would come and you would work out this equation. You'd bring the desired results, the desired answer, Father. May you just have the preeminence in the service tonight, Lord, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to have you look here in Luke 18. <clears throat> just to kind of, as you're turning there, just to kind of ease my nerves. I, was, I woke up this morning, actually last night, I was completely studying a, a completely different thought. And had it all finished up yesterday evening and went downstairs for, for supper and began to talk to the wife and just discussing things and just begin to talk on faith and, and how faith, our, our faith has to be anchored in the word of God. And we got to have faith and believe and, and move on and, and not have faith and then come back and keep coming back and keep coming back, though we know that's part of it. And I just began to, to speak on all those things that kind of gave her a mini sermon but through the night, as I was waking up in and out of consciousness, in and out of sleep, it just kept coming back, have faith and believe. So this morning, I got up with the intention of going the way I had already planned, but the Lord kind of directed my thoughts today for have faith and believe. So I got a call probably around 2.30, 3 o'clock, Brother Aaron called me and was giving me an update on Sister Jenny, and, and at that point, I knew why God changed my thoughts. So tonight, I want you to understand, this is not just another Wednesday night service. This is not just another service where we come and sit for an hour or so and we hear some good words. This is a predestinated moment. God completely channeled and turned my thoughts to this need tonight. And so I want to speak to you on have faith and believe. It's one thing to have faith, but it's another thing to have faith and believe. So to have faith, but believe that that which you have faith in, God's going to bring it to pass. So I trust that we're just here for a little bit tonight. Let's not be anxious and consumed by time. Let's just, I want the Lord to have its way. We've got a dire need tonight. And I know many of you have needs yourself, but I believe that God can come and God will come and meet that need. So we look here in Luke 18 and verse 1. 
And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always pray and not to faint. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city and she came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. Sister Jenny, avenge me of this cancer that's stricken my body. Notice and. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I want you to be on his hands. Day, night, I want the family to be on his hands. I want the extended family to be on his hands. I want the church family to be on his hands. We got a God that says, I will avenge, but you got to get on his hands tonight. He says, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Get ready, God. We're about to weary the throne. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on earth? God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. And I say, let's just be focused in and clue in just for a little bit. So we look at it. God is looking for one thing out of his bride. Nevertheless. Now, Brother Tim has spoke about nevertheless and another nevertheless. Well, here's another nevertheless. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? He's looking for faith. He's looking for a people that will believe. He's looking for somebody that will mirror back his word. He's looking for somebody that will agree with the word of God. You may disagree with me as a man and I may disagree with you. But we can't disagree with the word and claim to be a believer. Because the word is the absolute. The word is our anchor. It's our tie post. So I begin to look at this. What is faith? And I know this may be very, very, seem to be very simple. But I want you to understand. It may be simple, but it's profound tonight. Because in moments like these, these you need faith. In moments like these, when you got stage three ovarian cancer, you need faith. You need to know that God cares. You need to know that the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You need to know that you can get on the hands of God and God will intercede and he will avenge your enemy. We need to know that, church. So what is faith? And we find the answer to that in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is, notice faith is, not was. Faith is not could be. Faith is not maybe. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And say, well, we got faith. Do you? This word faith here means conviction of truth. It means a firm persuasion. It means a ground of belief, a guarantee, an assurance. You got faith tonight. How many of you have faith tonight? You know, Brother Bam says, if you got faith, then why are you coming to prayer line? Because if you had real faith, you wouldn't even need to come. But see, sometimes we need to have that faith. We need to have our faith lifted. Notice, faith, the conviction of truth, firm persuasion, ground of belief. It is the substance, and that word substance is concretely essence. 
It is an abstract assurance, a steadfastness of mind, firmness, courage, resolution. It's a foundation. Our entire Christian walk hinges on our faith in this word. You're not a believer, but what you believe, this word. Everything that we stand for, everything that we, we live for, everything is all hinges on our faith. Our firm persuasion is that this is the word of God. And God's word will never fail, but it will come and it will cut through every sickness. It will cut through every situation. No matter what you're going through in life, God's word is our absolute. Now notice, it's the substance of things hoped for, the things that we expect. But it's the evidence or the proof of things that we can't even see yet. So I want to speak to you on what? Is faith. So without faith, the Bible tells us that it's an impossible, it's an impossibility to please God. For he that cometh to God must first believe. So notice, have faith and believe. So I want you to marry the two together tonight. I got faith, Brother Joe, but I want you to believe for the impossible. I want you to believe for the miracle. I want you to believe for the supernatural. I want you to believe for the miraculous. I want you to believe tonight. I believe already, but I'm wanting you to believe that Sister Jenny's going to walk out of here completely healed of cancer. I want you to believe that your prodigals are going to come back and take a place in the view. I want you to believe that tonight. The ministry we believe. But I want you to have faith, and I want you to believe. Notice, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must first believe. Everything hinges on your belief. You got to believe that he is. Not that I am. Not that Brother Aaron is. Not to some favorite preacher, some prophet. But that God is. And that he is also a rewarder. Think about that. He is a rewarder. That means when you approach him by faith, he's going to reward your approach. You're not going to go away empty-handed. You know, some of us, maybe you grew up poor and you wanted something and you approached that. And, you know, he didn't have the means to get it. But that's not Papa God. Look, I'm telling you tonight, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. If his sons and daughters got a need, he can go sell a couple cattle. He will make sure he will bankrupt heaven for you tonight. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Get on his hands tonight. So think about this. And Sister Jenny, we have you a prayer cloth. And we're going to preach and we're going to pray. We're going to believe tonight for the supernatural. This means war. We're not playing games. God put this ministry here to be a beacon, to be a light of faith. That God still moves, God still performs, and I believe he's here tonight to do exactly that. But think about where would we be tonight without faith? We'd be wandering aimlessly through life, steeped in sin, bodies ravished with pain, with no anchor, no absolute, no hope, no promise, no direction, no guide. And though faith is so simple of a thought, yet it's so profound because you can't please God without it. So one of the greatest weapons that you possess tonight is faith in the word. See, not faith in your humanity, not faith in your intellectual ability or in your human abilities, but faith in this word. 
See, without confidence or faith in God, we can't please him. It's no different than my son or my children. If they didn't have confidence in me as their father, they wouldn't have faith in me. If I didn't have faith in my wife, I couldn't have or confidence in my wife. I wouldn't have faith in her and likewise her in me. It's the same way with God. We got to have confidence that he is God and that he is a rewarder. And that when God sees that your faith is there, he will reward you according, uh, according to your faith. So what is faith? And we find the answer here in the beginning of Jesus' fame. What is faith? Faith is the sixth sense. Now we understand that we got see, taste, smell, hear, touch, all the five senses. But God put man on five senses to contact this earthly home. He never put those five senses to contact that spirit man. But no, there was a contact. They were contact this earthly. But he says there's two senses of the soul. And that's faith and doubt. You know, when you're pushed against a wall and the enemy's coming in, it's easy to revert in doubt. It's easy to back up. But I don't want you to back up tonight. I want you to square your shoulders back and have faith in the Word of God. This Word has defeated Satan time and time and time again. Look, Satan has never defeated down through the ages. He's never come up and once conquered is this Word. This word has always been the mighty conqueror. It always has been. It always will be. Why? Because let me tell you, it ain't my word. It ain't man's word. It ain't the King James word. It's God's word. And God's word will never fail in the mouth of a believer. It takes faith to hold this. Pull your sword. Pull your hand out. Say, God, I believe this. No matter how I feel, I'm doubting my doubts tonight. I'm not going to look at my feelings. I'm looking at the Word tonight. I have faith, but tonight I'm going to believe. Tonight I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe for the supernatural. Notice what he says. If you believe that this shirt is white, and I hope none of you are colorblind, but if you are, this is still white. Believe this is white if you have sight and have faith in your sight. And you say that this shirt's white. If you believe that Jesus healed you at Calvary. And your faith will declare to you as much as your sight does. That you're healed. Then you're healed right now. He says as much faith as it takes to say that this shirt is white. If you believe that Jesus healed you at Calvary. It's the same faith right there. That you're healed right now. Not after chemo, not after this, but right now I'm already healed because I believe my faith, not my mind, not my intellect, but my faith declares it. My faith is anchored on his word. His word says, by his stripes, I was already healed. I'm just standing upon the healing virtue that he died for. That's where I'm anchoring it. I'm not going to get off on my feelings or my symptoms. I'm looking at the word. I'm staying focused on the word. I'm not getting off in this ditch or that ditch. I'm on the word of God's side. We're in the middle of the road, church. And in the middle of the road, supernatural takes place. Healings take place. Deliverances take place. Cancer is defeated in the middle of the road. Oh, church, in the middle of the road, you can have faith. Notice, Brother Ben says we do what five senses are right as long as they agree with the sixth sense. So you can lose sight. You can lose hearing, and some of you here tonight have already lost that. We can lose those things and still make it. 
Because one sense will begin to overpower and rise up in its place. But you can't lose faith and make it. Faith must rise. The sixth sense must supersede what you see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. What you feel, not with this, but what you feel right here. Because sometimes you don't feel like coming to church. Sometimes you don't feel like you're a believer. Sometimes you don't feel like you got the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you don't feel like you're saved. But faith says, I met God's requirement. Faith says, I met it. Faith says, I met God on that dusty road. And he changed me. And he turned my heart back to what? The faith of the original fathers. See, faith is required for a paradox. It may look impossible, but faith says, huh, not with me, it's not. It's true. See, the sixth sense will believe when no one else will believe. The sixth sense will believe when the doctor says there's nothing more that I can do. The sixth sense will believe when they say the days of miracles are past. The sixth sense is not yet because I'm expecting my miracle. And let me just tell you tonight, some of you that's been expecting your miracle, it's here tonight. It's in the room. This is a predestinated service. Brother Bam says now in the message of the resurrection of Jairus' daughter, it's not just emotional. See, it's not something mystic. It's a fact. It's a truth. Sight will fail. Hearing will fail. All these things, everything else will fail. But faith, faith can fail because it goes into the supernatural realms and it can't fail. See, your five senses will fail you, but faith will never fail you. And tonight, you're not saved by your five senses. You're not saved because all of a sudden one day God dealt with you and this, that, and the other. And you knelt down and you cried a few tears and this, that, and the other. You're saved tonight by faith. You're saved because you were in the foreknowledge of God. God sought you and God declared, I'm coming. I'm going to redeem that lost sheep. Look, if David would go after the sheep and after the bear, or for his sheep and, and slay a lion and slay a bear, so will God come and save you tonight. But you got to make sure you got faith in his word. The Bible tells in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by sight. We, we walk by our emotions. We walk by our feelings. No, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the assurance, by the firm persuasion that God is. There's days that you don't feel like it, but you still walk by it. There's days that you could wish you could have an overdo or redo, right? But you still walk by faith. There's days you screw it all up. And it seems like everybody's forsaking you, God forsaking you. But we don't walk by that. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by how we feel. Not by our emotions. Notice, it's not emotional. He says many people, they think about their symptoms. And because they have symptoms, they don't think they have faith. But he says and when we see the symptoms now, they look at that and they can't be. And he says now, you can't be saved on what you see. You got to be saved on what you believe. Let me just say this. If we got to be saved on what we believe, then we got to be healed on what we believe. 
because divine salvation is the same as divine healing. You can't tear the two apart. They work hand in hand. He's a divine savior. He's a divine healer. He's the word of God. He's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still on the throne. He's still Jehovah Man, uh, Nisi. He is still God. And he's for you tonight if you can anchor your faith in his word. So we find here in Ephesians 2 and verse 8, for it's by grace that you are saved through faith and it's not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God. The very faith that you have, Brother Johnny, tonight is a gift from Almighty God. God put that there so that you would trust Him. Oh my, what a God we serve. Because God knew our human limitations. God knew our human weaknesses, but God put something there before the foundation of the world that would say, no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, no matter how dark the valley is, I still have faith because it's a gift, not something that I merited, but something that God gave me before the foundation of the world. And though I don't feel like it, though I don't act like it, I still believe the word of God. And you can weather every storm, you can crest every wave, you can overcome every attack of the me why because you're not resting your faith in man and man's ability your faith rests in the word of God see we're saved through faith healed through faith delivered through faith everything we do as Christians and believers is through faith notice now what is faith taking God at his word and I hope you're patient with me tonight faith is the substance not just the mythical thought. It's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not, not see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. See, there's none of the senses declare it, yet the sixth sense, which is faith. He said the outside man is governed by the five senses. The inside man is governed by two senses, either faith or unbelief. If you believe it, if it's just as real to you as any other natural sense of the body declare it, and truly these senses of the body can be fooled. But faith is absolutely infallible. Somebody need to be taking notes tonight. Faith is absolutely, Brother Aaron, infallible. It can't fail. It can't make a mistake. It can't back up. It can't get a repeat. Faith says it is. Brother Aaron says faith is positive. Oh, yeah, we're going down this road for a minute. Who, what is faith? Faith is truth. Faith is something that you know is positive of. Faith is not nothing you guess at. Faith is what you know, something that comes down into your soul. Now, faith is a subject right now. He says that we're here under the consideration. What is faith? He says, what is faith? Many people substitute hope for faith. He says, but it's just as much different as night is from day. See, for faith is the substance, concrete essence, absolute assurance, foundation. Get this. I don't go through the definitions just for myself. I, don't, I go through it just so to break it down so you understand what God is telling you. That faith is the substance. It's the foundation of everything we believe. And without it, we can't please him. Notice, for faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not just a mystical hope. It's absolutely a substance. I hope you see this, and then you'll see things happen. See, many people can have hope in their mental thinking, 
And sorry to say that that's the position of many Christian profess today is mental thinking. They have a conception. They have a hope. They have a conception. And the word conception is an abstract idea. A general notion. Look, I don't want a general notion. Because I know my own human ability. My general notion will be generally wrong. Oh, but I want an anchor. I want a tie post. I want to know when the storms are coming and the waves are crashing in. The anchor is holding. I'm not just going to generalize. So I hope God does this and I hope I make it through this. No, I got an anchor that holds. I know that God will hold me through. How can you say that, Brother Joe? Because I can look back on time, testing realities of a living God. He's never failed them. He never failed. He won't fail us tonight. Whatever your need is, God is still on the throne. He's still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. It's not a conception. Faith is not a conception. Faith is a reality. It's an anchor and it stabilizes our thinking. Now that doesn't mean there's going to be times that you face anxiety. Absolutely you will. But you've got to take it back to, to the word. And let the word begin to stabilize you're thinking see Brother Brown says it's hope instead of faith faith does the job right now faith doesn't put it off till tomorrow it doesn't put it off till your favorite preacher comes we're going to deal with that here shortly as well see hope hopes for but faith is the product oh maybe this is going over your head oh but I'm telling you this is good food tonight. Faith really does it. See, he says we have a lot of hopes, but not much faith. And I want you to, this is 1955, in the, in the peak of the healing revival. Think about, here's your prophet declaring we have a lot of hope. They've seen signs and wonders much more than what we've seen. And yet there's a lot of hope and very little faith. So what are we to believe, church? Now the prophet's gone off the scene for some 60 years, close to it. And yet, we're expected to believe, not because a prophet was here, but because the word showed that he was vindicated time and time and time again. And he never pointed to himself. He didn't point to some denomination. He pointed us back to the word. Because the word is our absolute. The word is our foundation. The word is our anchor. It is all that we live for is the word of God. So notice now, they have a lot of hope, but not much faith. So we want to change from hope today to a positive faith. And there's only one way that we can be positive faith, and that's to have positive thinking. Now let me just go and say, this ain't mind over matter. But no, to have a positive, there's nothing wrong with being positive. I work at it on a daily basis. I have to. Because my human character, my human nature is different. So we have to be positive. Let me just go around to what Brother Bram says. He goes, you can't get anything from God with a negative thought. So if you came in this service tonight with a negative thought, well, maybe God will or maybe God can. Now get the maybes out of your mind tonight. God will. You need to say, I can, I will, I do believe that he heals me now. He saves me now. He delivers me now. He goes after my prodigals now. I can, I will, I do believe. Not a hope so, not a maybe. Oh, I hope he will. No, God will do it. 
He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If any thought comes, well, maybe it couldn't be. This is blind bottom mess. Maybe, he said, get it off your mind right quick. Get the maybe out of your vocabulary. I'm talking to you about faith and belief. Not maybe. He says, think on things that are positive. Never let a negative thought pass through there. Just don't. Don't let it stop anyhow. If it starts through, keep your thoughts positive. Don't think sitting there in a wheelchair. Notice he begins to deal with a patient. Let me say this. Don't think just sitting there with cancer, stage 3 ovarian cancer, that you're hopeless, that you're helpless. You're not. Hey, don't let a negative thought ever pass through your mind. Don't let it anchor. You can't help it from coming through your mind. But it don't have to stop. Sister Jenny, there's going to be a lot of long nights. But I want you to know tonight, you got to cast down the negativity because they're going to try to come and press you down. But the Word of God is your anchor. The Word of God is your time post. The Word of God is your absolute. You pull down imaginations and every stronghold that tries to exalt itself against the Word of God. You pull it down and bring it subject to the word he says don't never let your testimony be negative God help us all let it be positive all the time I'm saved I have God in my heart I believe him with all my heart don't you believe in divine healing with all my heart let your testimony always and your thoughts everything Never permit a negative thought to come in your mind if you can help it. When it starts, don't entertain it. When it starts, because he's telling you it's going to start, but don't entertain it. Well, maybe, I wonder. No, pull it down. Pull it down. Pull it down. I'm leaning. Oh, I'm leaning. Oh, we've seen faith in action. I'm leaning, not on human ability, not on my favorite preacher, but I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. If it can do it for Sister Lana, it can do it for you. Faith in the impossibility. Have faith and believe. You believe, Brother Branham, every time he met a patient, or a lot of times in the prayer lines, I looked at it today, when he met a patient and they came through and he spoke to him, he says, now have faith and believe. Have faith. And believe. Because he was telling them, you, got, you, you need to have faith, but I want you to believe. Because he knew the enemy was going to come and try to bring that down. So notice now, Brother Mamma, I love how he says some things. He says, notice, this is not some mythical something. It's not some kind of magic wand. It's the truth of the living God. This ain't some hocus-pocus magic wand. We come to service and, and sprinkle uh, uh, fairy dust on you, and all of a sudden you're healed and delivered. No, it takes faith. Faith to believe in what you can't see. Faith to believe in what you can't understand. Why me? What did I do to deserve this? Come on, somebody preach with me tonight. You all have thought it. Let me tell you why you're going through it. Because God has confidence in what he placed in you. God's got confidence in that seed. He's got confidence in the faith that he put there. And he knows that there's no demon power can come against it. Oh, church. So now he says, now Romans 10 and verse 17. So then, 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is a revelation that comes by hearing. Notice, what is it? Brother Bram says in the power of God, a revelation. What is faith? Is God by the Spirit revealing to you something that he's going to do that he's promised. God's going to do something for you that he promised and he reveals it to you and that's faith. Notice now, he goes, if you only hear, notice he says, now faith cometh by hearing, but hearing is not faith. A loaf of bread is the purchase of 25 cents, but 25 cents is not the loaf of bread. See, hearing, hearing, does, hearing only brings a word that produces faith, but faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then you see and you hear the word of God and God reveals it to you. That is it. That's the truth. And by the Spirit, revealed truth confirms your faith in God. So faith is a revelation. What is faith? He says here in the anointed ones of the end time, faith is something that's revealed to you. That it's not yet. Listen. But you believe it will be. Faith is a revelation of the will of God. So by revelation. And when he says, now Brother Bram says this in perfect faith. Now many, here's where many people fail to receive their healing or what they're asking for. Notice, not only healing, but what they're asking for. Some of you are praying for your prodigals. And you look at the symptoms and you look at the tattoos and you look at the drugs and you look at the debased life and you look at the women or you looking at the men. You're looking at every symptom that Satan's putting before you, but you fail to look at the word. That day and their offspring. Oh, come on, church. Don't back off of that. That's your word. That's your promise. That's your anchor. That's the word. And when it's revealed to you, no matter how low it goes, how low they get, faith will say, they're coming back. They're coming back. I'm going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. We're going to be set free. We're going to have miracles in the house of God. We're going to have deliverances. We're going to have the Holy Ghost. We're going to have it, church. Why? Because faith is anchored on the word. He said, it's just as real to you as any sense of the body would declare it. Anything else. Just as real as my eye, I say that this is a, a piece of paper. Just as real as I say this is a light. Just as real as you say you feel my coat is just as real as that baby talking. That was perfect timing. <laughs> or making its noise. Just as real as the music playing. Just as real as I taste something in my mouth. It is that real, only you can't show it to somebody else. Notice now. You have it alone. Amen, it's yours. Faith is the substance, not just a myth. Perfect faith. See, faith is not dependent on what somebody else believes. So Brother Aaron may believe something, and, or I may be struggling, and I need, I need faith. So my faith doesn't rest on if I got Brother Aaron to agree with me on the same thing. My faith is alone on the Word of God. See, faith is not dependent on, it's, it's faith is, excuse me, is dependent on what you believe. Do you believe that by his stripes you are healed? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do you believe what he did for you on Calvary? Do you believe? Because if you believe, 
then you can get something from God. Notice, faith is not in some individual. So can I go down this line for a minute? Thank you, I will. Notice he says in Romans 10 verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So notice now, he says this in perfect faith. It's something that you possess, not an imagination. If you really have it, it's just as real to you as any other thing that could be. It's just as real as you know it, that you're riding in an automobile. Just as real as you know that you're sitting in the church. Just as real as you hear my voice. It's a substance, not an imagination, not an emotion, but something that you have. And it comes to you by hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word that puts back faith when where it needs to be that it's not in some individual see it's not in some man it's not in some organization and it's not in some group of people it's in God because God is his word now I know y'all love me at least I hope you do I'm going by faith (laughs) But your faith can't rest in Joe Adams, Aaron Oglesby, Tim Pruitt, Timothy Pruitt, Ron Spencer, Andrew Spencer, Donnie Reagan, whatever. Put your preacher name there you want to. Your faith can't rest in that. Your faith has to rest right here. Notice, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word, that puts faith. That puts it back where your faith in is not in some individual. It's not in a man, not in an organization. It's not in a group of people. It is in God because God, it is, God is in the word and your faith is in God. But we find, oh, it's been misinterpreted, he says. And this is in the door to the door. Many call faith emotion, jumping up and down. Now I believe in emotion. My goodness, if anybody in this church believes in it, I do. I believe in it. I love to shout. I love to dance. My mama told me the other day she'd come by to see me at the house. She said, I watched one of your last services. She goes, I thought you was going to dance right off that platform. I said, I almost did. <laughs> it thrills me because I know where I was. But you don't have to be where I was to enjoy God. He just got to have that personal revelation who he is. And that when you approach him, you're going to get what you need. Notice, now remember, when I'm speaking of these things, he says, I believe in shouting, I believe in praising the Lord, I believe that there's gifts of speaking in tongues and interpretation. I believe in everything the Bible says, but we can't go to seed on one thing. He says, get the giver and the gifts will take care of themselves. But if you get the gift without the giver, he goes, oh, I can give you an apple off the tree, but I didn't give you the tree. Church, we don't want apples, we want the tree. What am I telling you tonight? We ain't got time to go to seed on gifts. Different men in the message and with their gifts. We appreciate their gifts. We're thankful the gifts are used for the body. But we're not to go to seed on the gift. The gift is the word of God. Our faith is to anchor in this word here. And we're not careful today. Many individuals. You'll find. 
And, and Brother Aaron can testify to this. We've been in many prayer lines. But you find today, if we're not careful, we as individuals, and we need prayer, we tend to gravitate to who we think can really pray for us the best. Who's going to really intercede. Man, they're just going to they're going to shake heaven. I'm about to get my healing or my deliverance. I mean, really? God don't deal with us like that. We find someone that's got a gift, and we have confidence in the gift, and it's a supernatural gift. And before long, you just knock down every door to go to that gift. And your faith begins to anchor in the gift and not the word of God. We do things that we shouldn't because of the gift. Notice, when Brother Branham was here in the peak of the healing revival, if he wasn't doing the first pool and the second pool, he didn't have a meeting. But when he was doing the first pool and the second pool and he was discerning the very thoughts and intents of the heart and holding people by the hand and revealing what's going on, the crowds, it packed the places. But when he went to revealing the word of God, the crowds dispersed. See, we know the gift was meant to attract the people, the rainbow trout. Come on, rainbow. That's what we're here for. We're, we're here. We're caught. We don't need that. Though we need that, I don't want you to understand what I'm saying. We're not to go to seed on that. But you find some people, I mean, if this one doesn't pray for them, you know what? They had a bad service. And we feel like we have to have a certain person pray for us. I feel like that. If I can just get in there. Notice, I've been in prayer lines. And I'm going to share something here. And this is personal. I've never shared it before. Been in prayer lines where people come up for prayer. And, you know, they didn't get the man that they wanted or the group of men. You know, we've had prayer lines here. When they split off, you got two or three here, two or three here, two or three here. And they come up. Well, I was really hoping so-and-so would pray for me. Really? Really? So let me ask you. Okay, because you said that. I'm going to ask you now. Can I, can I ask you a question? Because we've been there, we've been in prayer lines, and some of these things have happened. And you're like, well, if that's the case, how do you think it makes that man of God feel when you come and you don't want him to pray for you, but you want somebody else to pray for you? Secondly, how do you think he's going to intercede for you? Let me ask you that question very frank. How do you feel he's going to, you don't want to be in his prayer line. But yet, you want to be prayed for. Let me tell you, I got as much right. Brother Aaron's got as much right. Mama, you got as much right. Deacon, you got as much right. Any of us can pray for one another because the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Quit all this. My favorite preacher and my favorite this and my favorite personality and my favorite gift. Let me tell you, we're in a battle, church. We're in a war, church. The battle is on. You better be thankful that God has got God called men with anointed hands that they can lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith and shake hell and watch heaven move on your behalf. See, our faith is not to be in an individual, but your faith is right here. Your faith is right here. I don't need to fight your battles. You need to fight your battles. Draw your sword. This is right here is going to get you through Laodicea. People begin to get so attracted, as I said, to Brother Branham's gift. You know, there's a gift like that today. There's a couple gifts. Brother Ron and Brother Andrew both have a supernatural gift. Okay, let me just share. Maybe I've never shared this, and I'm not even going to look at the clock tonight. But in Oklahoma Youth Camp a couple years ago, Brother Andrew didn't know anything about my situation. 
I walked in the pastor's study on a Wednesday night. Youth camp, we were leaving out the next day. And I told him I was about to resign the hospital. I was tired of it. I was just, I was so fed up I was going to take another job. It was going to pull me away from the house six months out of the year. But in that six months, I could make as much money then as I did working a whole year at Menden. Didn't have, didn't have to go through all the stress. And your pastor looked at me and said, no, I don't like that. Absolutely not. I'm like, whoa, Okay. I'm glad you don't approve. But he looked at me and said, Brother Joe, he says, for 20-something years, you have never put your job before this church. You have never put it before the Word. And he says, what would it take for you to go full time? You let me know. So we went to youth camp. I'm like, wow. Wasn't expecting that, but praise God. Saturday morning, Brother Andrew Spencer's preaching. At the end of the service, 250 young people, he's preaching his heart out to them. He stops and he says, God will not waste your pain, Brother Joe. He will be your financial advisor. He will be your job supplier. He will take care of you when men don't want to take care of you. Oh, they can't stop Joe Adams. They can't stop Jessica Adams. Don't worry about your future. Your future is clear. He had no idea that Monday morning I was walking in with a resignation letter. What am I telling you? I appreciate the gift. But when I'm in a service with Andrew Spencer, if he don't speak a word over me, it doesn't mean that I didn't have a good service. My faith ain't in Andrew Spencer. My faith is in the word that Andrew Spencer preaches. That Ron Spencer preaches. That Aaron Oglesby preaches. That Tim Pruitt preaches. My faith is in the word. I believe the word. The word is the same yesterday, today, and it'll be the same for you tomorrow. See, God put in the church. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. Let's go there. I'm going to work my way around here. Keep your seatbelts on. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. For to one is given the spirit of wisdom, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits and to another diverse kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, I don't find where he prioritized any of these over the other. He didn't put wisdom above tongues. He didn't put interpretation above this one. He didn't put any of these gifts above one another. There's gifts of faith right here in this church. There's gifts of interpretation right here in this church. There's gifts of tongues right here in this church. All of these nine spiritual gifts are right here in the church. And Brother Bram said they should be in operation in every local assembly. Notice the nine spiritual gifts. But he said then there's given five ministerial gifts. Prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists, and missionaries. Notice, these are ministerial gifts. And the brother man would say this, they're predestinated to God, set to, he goes, and set to the church. You can't make yourself a minister. God's got to call you to be a minister. So in other words, 
To be a prophet, God's got to call you to be a minister, to be a prophet. To be a preacher, God's got to call you to be a minister, to be an evangelist, Brother Aaron. God has to call us to be a minister, to be a pastor. God has to call you to be a minister. And if that's the case for the four, what about missionaries? God has to call you to be a minister to fulfill the ministerial office. But the other nine spiritual gifts are to be in operation in every local assembly. Nowhere does he said these five are in every local assembly. But notice, Brother Bam says, I've tried to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. When I first started praying for the sick, I started out and people, you know, all seek after wonders and signs. He said, I was in the, looking at Martin Luther's footnotes and he said, the people goes after gifts instead of the giver. That's true. See, they go after signs instead of the giver. He goes, now I'm not condemning the gifts of the Spirit. They belong in the church. But you're going after the gifts instead of the giver. All church, this is the giver. We're thankful for the gifts. I enjoy when tongues are spoken in our church. I enjoy when the interpretation follows after. I enjoy when there's discernment. Brother Aaron and I can tell you, we've been in prayer lines and the spirit of discernment just begins to work and we work so well together that we know when and who to hand the patient off to because God is able to move independently between each one of us and come down and speak things verbatim. That's the gift of discernment. But I don't, I don't, I'm not jealous of his gift and he's not jealous of my gift and then there's all these other gifts in the body See, God testifies of his gifts, but all those gifts are wonderful. They're dandy, and we love them. God grant that every one of us would have every gift, but rather have the giver than all the gifts. Amen. Let your focus be the giver. Amen. Anchor your faith in the giver of the gifts. Be thankful for the gifts. I'm thankful for the ministry. I'm thankful for our pastor and our evangelist and, and Brother Timothy and different ones. All of us. I'm thankful for what he's done in a collective body. We need that. But I'm not chasing any in particular one down and have to get that man to pray for me in order to say that, well, so-and-so spoke over me, so it's going to be okay. No. I got the word. The word says, by his stripes, I'm already healed. I didn't have to have a man pronounce that. He's already pronounced it. And I'm trying to bring a balance. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm just trying to say, that's the balance. We've got to be careful that we're not going and beating down doors and different things to get people to pray for us. This is the word of God. It's already been spoken over your life. Get it. Open it up. Read it. It's a really good book. It'll tell you where you came from. It'll tell you where you're going. It'll show you there's nothing that we'll face on this side of eternity. But what isn't already written in here and God's already shown you, if they overcame, we'll overcome. Oh, church, that's the word of God. Anchor your faith in that. Have faith in the word and believe. Notice now, anybody has got a right to pray for you. There have been many a times you ask my precious wife, I was like, honey, I ain't feeling it today. You're going to have to pray for me. And she prays. And you see that spirit, maybe a gloom, begin to lift off. And the joy of the Lord will come back. There's peace in the valley for the entire Adams family. You laugh. Yeah, you human too. Hey, sometimes you just got to have it. But the Bible tells us, 
The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. Notice the prayer of faith. See, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then Brother Bram says in expectations, you don't have to wait till somebody's got a healing campaign in town to be healed because your pastor or your neighbor that's a Christian, anybody's got a right to pray for you. See, I want, he goes, no, I want to, he goes, I want and not leave this audience in this kind of shape. Let me, let you all think that I'm the only one who can pray, pray for the sick. Let me reread that. His English is choppy here. I want and not leave this audience in this kind of shape. Let you all think that I'm the only one that has a right to pray for you or pray for the sick. Your pastor has a right to pray for you just as much as I. Now, he may not be a seer. That's only one in a generation. Because you see, in this time, people only went to Brother Branham or they only went to an Oral Roberts or they only went to the special. And the pastors felt like they couldn't even pray for their own sheep. And the people didn't want their pastors to pray for them. Notice. But see, every individual has a right to pray for another. So don't ever come into a prayer line and say, well, I was hoping that so-and-so, Brother Aaron, would pray for me. Because your faith is not to be anchored in the individual. I want Brother Aaron to pray for me. And if I need prayer, I will ask Brother Aaron. But I'm thankful for whatever man of God I stand before that can put his whole feelings aside and can hear what my petition is and then begin to intercede and begin to pour his heart into his prayer. And I've seen just a couple weeks ago, Brother Aaron approached me, if many of you probably saw it, on the platform the other day and began to discern very things that I was dealing with and pray for me right here. I didn't ask for it, but he came. What am I telling you? Because that's God's leadership. That's how God does things. That's the supernatural hand of God. But what if I didn't like Brother Aaron? I didn't have confidence in Brother Aaron. And I'm like, well, you know what? You go sit down. I want Brother Tim to come do that. I would be sitting there with the same problem that I had when I walked in the service. Because my faith was in a man and not in the word. We're going to leave this. I know some of you are like, man, you, done, you beat that poor horse to death. See, God, let me back up. Fellowship with God through reconciliation. When a believer comes like that, he said, God gives him a checkbook for any redemptive blessing that he died for. And Jesus' name is signed at the bottom of it. But he says, but you're afraid to fill it out. Let me tell you, I wish I thought about drawing up some checkbooks or some checks. So some of you, you need to be writing out your check right now. Yeah. Sign it. Sign it. It's already been signed. Fill it out. You got checkbook authority. We're back on speaking terms with the Savior. Anything that you have need of, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, if you can believe, you can have it. That's the saith the Lord. That's the word of God. That should be your anchor. See, God is looking for faith. He's looking for those that are not resting in a personality. Not resting in a gift, not resting in a certain church or a certain ministry, but he's looking for those that have faith in his word. And Brother Ben would tell us, and i got to speed up a little bit because I'm taking you a little bit long here. He says, whatsoever shall take away or add to this book, nothing can be taken from it or added to it. Therefore, this book is God's blueprint for us to follow. 
and it must come from the book, nothing more, nothing less. We must take the whole gospel and nothing to it. Just take it the way it's written in the book. The whole thing, every Bible believer believes that. But you find people, they see somebody do something by faith, and they well, I can do that too. But it's not revealed to them, and they wreck up. Let it be a revelation. Amen. Don't try to venture without authority. Mess your family up or mess your marriage up or mess whatever up because you're haphazardly doing it because it's imagination. No, faith is not an imagination. Right. You pray, you believe, you, you seek God and say, God, I need the revelation that it's finished, that it's over, that they're coming home, that I'm healed, that I'm delivered. God will give you this. He remember, says all of Christianity, all you are, all you'll ever be is based upon faith in the word. That's the reason I believe the word. See, faith is the foundation. That's your foundation. Then you begin to grow. Then you start. Then you can add to your foundation. And if your foundation isn't right, you're building a house and your foundation isn't right, you may get it all built, but as it begins to settle, it's going to crack. Walls are going to become uneven. Drywall is going to crack. Plaster is going to fall apart. Things are going to be all out of sorts. And you're going to be doing a lot more work because you didn't get the foundation right. Foundation is faith, church. Foundation is faith. Now notice. Mark 9, verse 23. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe. If thou Can't believe. 9.23. Jesus said unto them, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Have faith and believe. See, this word believe here is to think to be true. To be persuaded. To place confidence in. So I have spoken to you tonight for maybe 40 minutes on faith. But now it's up to you to believe. Now it's up to you to apply the word. Now it's up to you to take your focus off an idea, off a personality, off a man, off a gift, and place it right here. God, you said it. And I believe it. And if you will believe, even like Tabernacle and those who are on the stream tonight and those that may follow, watch this service later, if you believe all things, all things, Sister Jenny, all things, Brother Kenny, all things are possible. There is nothing impossible with those who believe. Every sickness is conquered when you believe. Every particle will find their way home when you believe. Every marriage will be healed when you believe. See, faith knows no hindrances. You may have hindrances. Family may have hindrances. But faith knows no hindrances. It sees the word. And it's anchored in the word. Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, 
but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. See, church, it anchors on faith and believing. Trusting God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mark or Matthew 21, 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and not doubt, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but you shall also say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. Whatsoever you ask. Believing. You're receiving. You're receiving is based on your believing. Your receiving is based on your believing. If you can believe, then you will receive. First Peter 5 and verse 7, this is what I was studying on until my thought got changed this morning. Cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Cast all your cares. Sister Doretha, cast your cares upon him. Put the kids on him tonight. Cast all your cares. Sister Sherry, it ain't been easy. But cast all your cares on him tonight. Why, Brother Joe? Why should I do that? Because he careth. For you. He careth for you. He cares about the minute details of what you're dealing with right now. He knows the struggle that you are in right now, and He cares. Cast your cares upon Him tonight, for He careth for you. 1 John 5 and verse 13 These things have I written unto you that believe. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to those that believe. Otherwise, he's preaching like I am tonight to believers. I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Hallelujah. Oh, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us and whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired. Oh, come on, church. Don't, you don't have to be some feeble-kneed Christian tonight, some weak in faith tonight. No, whatsoever things you ask in faith tonight, knowing that he hears your prayer, he's heard your prayer. Sister Jenny, he knew you'd be in this moment, and God's already provided the answer. God has already provided the faith. Even like Tabernacle, I'm here to tell you, God orchestrated this service. God put these words together for you tonight to elevate your faith because he knows trying times are coming. But the word of God is here. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, oh God, we'll raise up a stand. The standard has been lifted. The word has been raised. And faith has been elevated. And down with Satan. Down with this gloom. Down with this doubt. Down with this unbelief. Oh, let faith arise. And let the enemies of God be scattered tonight. The word is our absolute. The word is our anchor. 
I'm trying to wrap this up. He said, if you abide in me and my words in you, then you shall ask. Oh, you mean I got to ask? I'm telling you, man, God is good. Start asking. Ask what you will. And maybe, put that up there, John 15, verse 7. Feeding tonight, aren't you? Oh, I tell you. I spent eight hours in study today. Oh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall, shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, and continue in my love. If, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Amen. And Brother Brown tells us where I think Pentecost fell. He said he wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. What about it, Brother Kenny? My, God coming down and healing your wife of cancer. You want to talk about the joy bells ringing. You want to talk about dancing in the spirit. You want to talk about getting beside yourself. Let God come down. Well, I'm here to tell you, get prepared. Buy you some dancing shoes. God is about to move, church. And when God moves, he moves. He don't make some halfway mistake. God don't just patch up. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's an old time God. He's a battle ram. He's a warrior. He's a mighty conqueror. He's the word. And his word is done. Say it, the Lord. His word is true. His word is final. His word is the absolute. It's his word. Don't back off this word. This is your time, folks, tonight. God, don't run out of blessings. You can be seated. God, don't run out of blessings. You mean I can ask? Whatever your need is. Notice, ask for big things. You know, we want to be humble. We're just going to test God and ask for little things. No, forget that. Man, you ask. You need $100, you ask. That ain't, ask for 1000 Hey, blow his mind, ask for 100000 <laughs> If we're going to ask, ask for big things. Why? Well, I don't need it, but you can ask for it. Why? So your joys may be filled. God wants you to ask for big things. He said, don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed, some little bitty nothing. No, ask for big things. He's a big God. And he's able. Notice, church, look, I, I'm limited. You know, Brother Aaron, he's limited. Look, we're, lim we're preachers. We're on preacher salary. We're limited. Oh, but your father ain't limited. I told you once, I tell you again, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You got a need tonight, God is able. Hey, all right, there's a herper. Let's go ahead and sell it. We, I got a young boy down there, a young girl down there. I got somebody in need. I got a sister with cancer. I guess I'm on. Oh, yeah, I'm about to come through for her. If I got a bankrupt heaven, I'm going to provide the answer tonight. Cancer's going to be defeated. Sickness is going to be defeated. Why? Because my word, Satan's went after one of my children. Let me tell you, he don't go after what God's children, but what God comes and he avenges your need. 
God wants you to ask for big things. As we begin to wrap this down, my parents said there was an angel came to me in the room and told me way back before I was even born was foreordained to a gift of divine healing. He came and he told me in a room one night that God sent a gift and it was a gift of divine healing for the people. Notice who it was for. For the people. It wasn't him. It never was about him. It was for you. Everything that God ever did, he did it for us. He says, and a gift of divine healing. And if, and if I could get the people to believe me, believe me, and would be sincere when I prayed, nothing would stand before the prayer. Not even cancer. See, this isn't just a quote for physical healing. But nothing will stand before your prayer. Cancer, the greatest threat to human life today, will not stand before God. It has to bow before God Almighty. And if you are stricken with cancer today, cancer has to bow. See, whatever you ask, if you can believe, you can have it. Your belief is in God's word. No matter what it looks like, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter how dark it gets, how deep the valley, faith in the Word of God. That's why we preach faith at Even Light Tabernacle. That's why we want to get you to believe tonight. Because if we can get you to believe that all things are possible, He still does impossible math. That has never left me, church. Believe for the impossible. Preach that God still heals. God still delivers. God still sets free. God still does the miraculous. Musicians, make your way if you would, please. That's why we preach both mechanics and dynamics. Because a letter killeth. It's all you got is a letter. It kills. But if we can allow the anointing of the Spirit... To anoint that letter. It'll defeat cancer. It'll defeat heart trouble. It'll defeat diabetes. It'll defeat anything you... It'll bring particles back. It'll heal marriages. It'll heal homes. It'll straighten teenagers out that are wayward and wandering and drifting. Oh, church. Marry the two up. That's all God is asking. John 11 verse 17. When Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Many of the Jews came to Martha and to Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then, Martha, then said Martha unto Jesus, If thou would have been here, if thou would have been here, if thou would have been in this service tonight, if thou would have been in my home, if thou would have been in my marriage, if thou would have been in my family, 
that would have been with my kids. And my brother would not have died. That would have been here. But she didn't stop. Next verse. But I know. See, she had belief. Come on, church. But look, look at her look at her confession. But I know that even now, even now, whatsoever thou will ask God, God will give it to thee. See, Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, though the doctors gave him up, though they put a death sentence on him, said there's nothing more that I can do. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Even a light tabernacle, believest thou this? Believest thou this tonight? Musician, song leader, preacher, we believe this tonight. Notice, and Brother Brown goes into it in the message gives. Martha said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. She's, he said, yes, he's going to rise again. I know he's going to rise in the last day. But she said, I know he'll rise in the last day. But Jesus says, I am. And I'm reminding you tonight, even like time, no matter what you're going through, he is still the resurrection. He is still the life. And if you can believe on him tonight, he'll raise you from that situation. He'll raise you from that tombstone. He'll raise you from that grave of affliction. He'll raise you up. He is still the resurrection. And he is still the giver of life. But I know, even now, Sister Jenny, even now, whatever you ask God, God is able to do it. Even like Tabernacle, even now, whatever you ask God, ask for big things. Ask for your children to come back. Ask for healing to come. Ask for the supernatural. Ask for the things of God to come. Even now, Lord, whatsoever you ask God, God is able. Notice what he says here. In the message, the resurrection of Lazarus. Oh, look, sister. It may be a dark hour to you. But even now, Lord, whatever you ask God, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father to intercede for you tonight. Even now. Whatever. Say, well, I got cancer, Brother Branham. The doctor says I'm going to die. I can't make it. But even now, oh, come on. I said even now, Lord. Even now for Ron Spencer. Even now for Erica Parker. Even now for Jeannie Camp. Even now for Joel C. Even now for Carol Jackson. Even now, Lord. Whatever you ask God, God is able. He's still a miracle worker, church. Don't back off on the signs of God. Don't back off on the supernatural. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God. He's a miracle worker. He's a restoring God. He can restore families. He can restore marriages. He can restore. I will restore, saith the Lord. I'll do this for you. I'll show you I'm God even now. 
in the midst of your despair, in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of that doctor's report, even now I'm able. Jesus said, where'd you lay him? Where'd you lay him? Take me to him. Take me to him. Take me to him. Where'd you lay him? Oh, Lord. Well, I laid him in that, that, that tomb. We laid him in that tomb. Well, take me to him. Take me to him. Oh, doctor said, doctor said we got stage three ovarian cancer, but take me to him. Doctor says we got 25% chance of making it through, but take me to him. Take me to him. And Jesus looked at him. And he said, now, I want you to roll the stone away. What do you mean, God? Look at this stone. It's bigger than I am. Cancer's bigger than I am. But God is asking for you to roll the stone away. If you believe, even like Tabernacle, I'm calling for you tonight to come up here tonight and join us and let's push this stone of cancer back. Let's push this stone of, of unbelief back. Not unbelief on them, but the unbelief of the enemy coming and attacking God's daughter, attacking a child of God. We got a right tonight. Where have you laid them? God has come. God is here even now. Let's push that stone. You got stones in your own family. Some of you got wayward children. Push the stones back tonight. We believe whatever we ask God. We believe. Right here, sister. This is your token. This is your promise. We don't fear this. We don't allow it to back us in a corner. You're a daughter of God tonight. It's a finished work. Father, even now, you see this cancer. Lord, and you see this moment. You orchestrated this this morning, Father. Lord, you said by your word, Lord, if we can have faith, then we can ask. Lord, we're asking tonight that this sickness of cancer, that it leave our body tonight, Lord. And not only leave our body, God, but may you take the grave clothes off tonight. Loose her and let her go, Father, that she can walk in victory. Lord, she can praise in victory. She can worship in victory. Father, grant it tonight. And not only for Sister Jeannie, Lord, touch my brother Kenny tonight, God. Lord, restore him tonight, Lord. Restore his body, Father. You're the healer, Lord God. You're the way maker tonight, Father. Move back this stone. Move back this stone, Lord God. Grant it tonight, Lord. We believe, Lord. Therefore, we speak tonight. May the power of God, may the resurrection come. May the life come tonight, Father. Grant it tonight, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Touch it tonight, Lord. Touch it tonight, Lord. Restore that, Father. God, I pray, Lord, right now, you will use this situation to preserve life. God, you see Brian. Go after the kids, Lord. Get them, Father. Use this for the grandkids. Lord, for the great-grandkids, Father. May this be a wake-up call, Lord God. May they see faith on the scene. May they see the power of God on the scene, Lord. We're not afraid of you, Satan. We adjure you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, you take your hands off of God's property. We believe tonight. And we stand on this word. For it is written, by my stripes, you are already healed. It is thus said 
the Lord, Sister Jenny, for you. In Jesus' name. We stand united in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. has done if there's anybody else here that has defeated cancer you you feel free to come these are those that received a sentence like this and who can stand and testify our God heals cancer our God delivers and now listen we're not, we're not here to, 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 to lift anybody up or, or to give bouquets if, if you've been coming to church here a month six months a year you're just as important as anybody but I just want to explain something to you because our church has changed a lot in the last five ten years and so a lot of you may not even know Aunt Jeannie and Uncle Kenny <laughs> Kenny said y'all probably don't know him <laughs> 
But you know, if you go back to the early 80s, Uncle Kenny and Aunt Jeannie came to Ethan Light Tabernacle. And just so I can say something that you would relate to. Y'all know how uh, Brother Dave and Sister Alana, Brother Joe and Sister Jessica always have their home open to the youth all the time. That's the guy, that was their home. These people are pillars of Evening Light Tabernacle. They are part of the very foundation. Their blood, sweat, and tears are in this place. And the enemy has come through the years and has attacked and brought affliction in Uncle Kenny's body and made it to where he can't be here like he'd like to be. But listen, he don't miss a service. They're part of us. They're an important part of us. And there many years ago, they decided to come here and completely rally themselves around this message and around the ministry of Evening Light Tabernacle and give it all they had. And now I'm asking that we give it back. In their time of need, don't just let it be tonight and I'm praying for you, but, but, but check in, be a part, be there. Let them know we're praying, we're fighting, we're battling. Let them know every day. Ask, what can you do? Because they're, they're, they're in a war. I talked to them for a long time today and Aunt Jeannie said, I'm not afraid, I'm angry. She said, this means war. And tonight we're drawing our swords with them. You are not forgotten. You are not cast down. You are not defeated. But there is an army, not only at Evening Light Tabernacle, but around the world that says we will draw our swords and we will fight for you and we will be victorious. And you have hundreds of miracles standing here, but specifically you have the miracle of the ones that have defeated exactly what you have fought. And we're not going to leave you in the valley. But as a matter of fact, when you raise the head of that Goliath up, we're coming into the valley with you. And we're going to slay some devils. And we're going to chase them till the sun goes down. And there's going to be victory at Evening Light Tabernacle. What I know about this place is we're a people who know how to fight. We're a people who know how to rally together. And we're not going to leave her fighting alone. But we will go and we will fight. And the Lord Jesus goes before us. And there will be victory in the house of God. There will be victory at Evening Light Tabernacle. And there will be victory for the household of Brother Kenny and Sister Jenny. Let's rejoice in what we know God has already done for. God bless you.
this joy that I have.